Welcome to the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. I'm your host, registered dietitian and weight loss BFF, Lauren Hubert. Each week, we are changing the narrative that women can be hot and successful at the same damn time and do it in a healthy way. Hotties, welcome back to another episode of the Sorority Nutritionist Podcast. Today, we are here with a literal gem, guys. We are here with Zoya Kozakov. She is a 90 Day Fit Bay Body alum. Actually, before we even named it 90 Day Fit Bay Body, which is a fun fact, guys, she's like an OG babe. And we're going to talk through how her progress has been after leaving TSN because she has not had, I mean, no one has a normal route guys, but everyone's route towards weight loss in their journey is different. Some people lose all the weight in three months and they're like, boom, dream body. Here we go. They easily maintain it for other people. They may lose weight, gain a little bit back because you're struggling with mindset or really sustainable eating habits and, you know, truly keeping that weight off. And for some people you may want to lose more weight. And in the span of three months, achieving that end goal and that dream body was never going to be possible. So anyway, we are here with Zoya. I cannot wait to share her story with you guys. Welcome girlfriend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan, always have been and always will be. So really excited to chat today. I love you, girl. Um, So give us a little bit of background. I know we're going to focus on a lot of like your progress after TSN, but Mm -hmm. walk us through your journey and like weight loss inside of TSN and even mindset and all the habits and transition that got you there. And then we'll transition into kind of what happened after. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a few pieces of context. I think before the program, until I was probably 22, 23 years old, I was like that girl that pounded burgers and was a size zero. And people- Also, you lived in New York, girl. Like, we're surrounded by some of the best freaking food in the world. In the world. Exactly. (laughs) And so I, at the time I was living in Israel and I would literally be eating like an all carb diet, dessert twice a day. And people were like, oh my God, you lucky girl hope it never catches up to you. And I'm like, it's not going to catch up to me. And then I moved to New York and around age like 22 or 23, it caught up to me. And suddenly like none of my size zero clothes fit. I mean, which is totally fine, but it was like, suddenly I was like, wait, how is everything I've done my whole life not working anymore, which I think, you know, a lot of people see. But for me, I just didn't have the tools. Like I didn't know a carb, fat, protein, like none of that. And so I would search the internet for things I can do. And of course, like I was like one of the people that fell to a lot of these like popular fad diets. I tried keto for, I think like two or three weeks. And then I did the fiber diet. Um, oh, we all know that one. <laughs> and like was net carb, like counting my net carbs all day. And like nothing helped. And so the pandemic broke out. And that is actually when I found Lauren, because I just really liked what you were saying about how there's flexibility and this and that. And I was like, I'm not sure I understand flexibility as a word. (laughs) So by the time the pandemic came around, like I was probably, you know, like around seven or eight pounds over the weight that had become my normal, but I was not happy with that quote unquote normal weight either. Um, I wanted to just find something balanced. And so I did the program uh, for 90 days and I was seeing progress just like everybody else. And so by the end of the program, I had lost, you know, around seven or eight pounds. But where I felt frustrated was that I was still living in a really regimented lifestyle. So I was, you know, counting calories obsessively and I was really um, feeling restricted, even though you were telling me like, 
you can eat whatever you want, just like spend your money wisely, spend your calories wisely. And so I left the program feeling really happy with my results. But actually by the end of it, I was like, I don't really know what maintenance looks like for me. I don't know what losing more weight looks like for me. In real talk, like two years have almost gone by since we first started working together. And it's so crazy. The pandemic has been going on for that long. Oh Insane. Insane. That's another conversation though. But I, I do remember some of the conversations we've had when you would were you would want to see more progress, but then you were asking me like what maintenance would be. And I get asked this all the time, but mm-hmm. I do remember that from our time together. Cause I was like, it's so important to be in the moment now about like how you're going to get to your goal before stressing exactly. out about maintenance. But I think it brings up a bigger problem that I see with so many women, especially for you guys listening to the show right now, you, how you lose the weight is equally as important as how you're going to keep it off. And I think so much of the fear and anxiety about maintaining the weight actually relates to maybe how you're losing weight and the mindset Mm -hmm. you have towards calorie tracking, towards weight loss, towards this like fit lifestyle we're trying to have Mm -hmm. you adopt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was like, to give you a very good example, maybe you remember this, you would say, you know, make your plate, you know, with vegetables. And if you want to have dessert or a slice of pizza, just add it and calculate it and see what's up. And I would be like, well, no, I want to hit my protein perfectly. So instead of eating a real meal, I'm going to eat two protein bars, which is going to perfectly give me the number of protein, which is more like effective and more specific than a piece of chicken. And you'd be like, well, why are you eating two protein bars a day? Nobody's making you do that. And that's to your point, like eating protein bars and fake foods instead of, you know, real foods and enjoying life was never going to be the long-term solution. Yeah. And I think so much of that to blame is also the diet culture we're like taught, Mm -hmm. especially like if we've done other diets that shamelessly make you buy their own products, I mean, it gets you brainwashed to be like, oh my God, protein bars are better than a fucking regular ass slice of chicken. I mean, what kind of world are we living in where we think, I mean, no offense, protein bars. I do love protein bars. I will be having one today, but it's like, you know, we don't need to eat two protein bars today, especially if we don't want to. Right. And it's funny because logically I know that whole foods are better, but when you think about an apple, right? An apple can be 50 calories. If it's like a mini apple, it can be 90 calories. And I think being like, well, that's a 40 calorie difference. I can't take a chance on not knowing exactly. Like that's, that's a problem. That's me not taking the system that you've taught and actually implementing it in my life. So I think that's what led to what happened subsequently, which is I said, screw it. I'm going to do intuitive eating. And when you say intuitive eating, I know just for listeners out there. So intuitive eating is like a 10 step framework. I often have clients and even myself, and I feel like that word has been hijacked by the intuitive eating community. Because although it is a scientific framework for the treatment of eating disorders, I consider intuitive eating being intuitive and trying to eat. So just want to clarify, you didn't do the 10 steps. You did full intuitiveness, like just getting back to the basics of like, I eat whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Which is a problem because to your (laughs) point, like intuitive eating has a book and a method and there are dietitians that focus on it and whatever. And like, whether it's effective or not, or what it leads to is a different story. But my version of intuitive eating was almost like that kid whose parents say you can't go out. And then you're like, oh yeah, well watch me at the club 18 nights a week, you know? So that was me. I was like, you know what? I'm full, but I'm still going to keep eating because I can eat this cake. Like there's nothing intuitive actually about that. And so what happened very quickly, not only did my, you know, largest pants didn't fit, nothing fit. And people were like, whoa, 
are you okay? Because it was like the same way that when people really lose weight in an unhealthy way, people get like scared. It was kind of that. And even I was scared because I'm like, this is not my body anymore. Like nothing about this is intuitive or organic. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you feel like you were rebelling or like what caused that rebound for you? Honestly, I think the root, root, root of the problem is impatience because I think one of the things you taught me in this program is like, not every week you're going to see the pounds go down. And part of succeeding is just even when the weight goes up and you're doing everything right, it's sticking to it. Yeah, sure. Checking in with you, making adjustments, but like you can't expect everything to be fixed in 90 days because it's actually a night, it's like a lifelong process. So to that point, what I will say, and there is a happy ending to my story, but I will say that like, I'm not done. I'm never done because not because I'm continuing to lose weight, but because if I go back and eat that weight again, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to gain all of that weight back. And so, yeah, I think the cause is like, is just saying, no, like I'm not seeing results now. So let me do the wrong thing again and again and again. Oh my goodness. Your, your message around impatience, I feel like is such an important one because impatience is literally why we never get to actually where we want to be at mm-hmm. because we're so freaking impatient and we want those results immediately. Mm-hmm. How did you transition your mindset to be more patient to ultimately get to the end goal and the results and all the transformation that you're going to describe later on? But like, how did you start to get more patient? I mean, I would say it started from being impatient then that, and that's like, you know, like there was that one day where I woke up and I said, my leggings feel tight. Like you can't tell me, like, I, I think you can be happy at any size, whatever, you know, in, in proportionally to your health and other things. But I was so unhappy. And I said, there's no way that this is like that freedom people talk about when they let go of quote unquote diet culture. Um, so for me, you know, I looked around and I just remember crying because I'm like, where do I go from here? I can't go back to that restrictive mindset, but I also can't keep going like this. So I kind of went back to the basics and I said like, okay, what was a range that Lauren gave me when I was at that point, 10 pounds lighter? I'm like, even though that was probably not the quote unquote correct range with my, you know, added weight, but I was like, Lauren gave me a number and that was a number that I managed let me manage it differently, not with protein bars. Let me let me take for every apple I eat that could be 50 calories. Let me just put 90. You know, let me assume the worst and still see how I can have room to play. And so initially I did start with saying, like, how can I be healthy? But because I was so wary of being restrictive, if I did want to eat a cupcake, I would eat the cupcake, but I was very diligent about calories. And, you know, when you work with Lauren, she talks to you about, you know, having, getting your steps in and protein. I actually ignored all of that because I felt I was so not ready to add on the other layers. I said, let me just be quote unquote impatient or patient with just this and see how long I can go without adding in all the protein and the, this and the, that. This is such an important point. Because just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should do it all. Like, (laughs) I know I always talk about being a basic bitch and I love saying that. That's why I say it. I'm basic. (laughs) But I mean, when I say basic and it's in the sense of weight loss, like 
we don't need to do everything. Like no. we should want to do the littlest amount to have the most results. And like, we make it just so freaking complicated for ourselves. And just because you can add on more and do a lot of shit, like you're going to be doing a lot of things, but just really not well. So what if you did one fucking thing, you well. a fucking expert master at it. You did it mm-hmm. so well. I mean, it could get you so far. You could lose 10, 20 pounds just by focusing on the basics without adding in all the fluff. And, and I think that when we talk about mindset, my mindset working with you was like, well, I'm the best at my job and I'm the best at this. So yeah, Lauren, you want 10,000 steps? I'll get you a hundred grams of protein today. And it's like, okay, like, woo, very nice, but like completely ineffective because I am a person who has other things. And you know what? I do want to eat a slice of pizza. So if I eat a slice of pizza and then I'm like, well, I need to hit my hundred grams of protein. Like, okay, we need to like relax. Like this is not the day to win across everything. My win for that day is I had a slice of pizza and I had fun with my friends. Tomorrow can be a day to win in the protein game or in the steps game or whatever other game. So to your point, yeah, like I said, how can I do the bare minimum and still lose? And I said, time, I'm not going to pick a time. I'm not like 90 days was great in that moment in my life. And like, I just want to lose it eventually. If it takes a year, I'm okay with that. I obviously wanted to see results, but I had the same thing happen. Yes, I was losing weight week over week, but there were weeks that I didn't lose it. And the other thing I say I added is when I worked with you was I weighed myself once a week because I did know I have some of these like more obsessive tendencies. So for me, weighing myself a week, I thought that that made sense. I now realize that when I weigh myself four or five times a week, or let's say three or four times a week, it gives me more data points, which makes me less afraid of the scale. And it makes the number on the scale less definitive of my success. So that was another thing I added in. And so the weight started coming off. It started coming off. And like, I can give an example. This morning I ate like a a protein whole wheat waffle for breakfast to get some protein in. Um, I cut up some fruit and I had that with me and I was like, okay, I should probably get more, more protein in just because the waffle still only has like about 10. I would love like another 10. And then I saw in my cupboard, um, Girl Scout cookies that a friend of mine sent to me. And I'm like, you know what? I, I really want Girl Scout cookies for breakfast. Like I'm a 26 year old woman and like, I want cookies for breakfast. And I looked at the thing and it was like two cookies are 150 calories. So I'm like, okay, I can just have one and feel like I'm living my best life because I'm literally eating cookies for breakfast. And I moved on and I moved on. And then now I'm having this conversation and I'm going to try to have like vegetables in my lunch. But like, guess what? I had cookies for breakfast and that's my version of not being restrictive, but just being aware. Yeah. And for those of you out there that struggle with restriction, when you start to have these types of moments that, I mean, having cookies for breakfast is definitely challenging. I feel like in any type of diet plan, right? We just don't think about starting our day that way, but the more you incorporate these fun foods, you're going to feel less almost like imprisoned by them Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you're going to actually decrease your cravings for them. And so by actually listening to what you want, and it's really just being able to really listen to yourself ultimately. And that's what diets really deprive us of at the end of the day. Exactly. And like, I will say that with that, you know, when you said that concept to me, I think the reason it clicked different for me is because I would make an event of eating a fun food, which I still sometimes do. Right. If I'm like, it is my birthday, I'm going to have a slice of birthday cake. And that's exciting. It is a situation. 
Right. And I'm so excited for that. And like, that's the thing, but like what worked for me is saying, how can I actually have that more frequently without making it a big deal? So in this cookie example, I could have eaten the two cookies and 150 calories is like not the sword that I die on. However, because it's breakfast and it's probably not the best decision for my health to have a cookie or cookies for breakfast. That's when I said it's still fun, but it's calculated fun. And then there's like actual fun when you just go for the birthday cake and live life. So I think adding more nuance that was conducive to me and my behaviors, those types of things, like today, I'm not going to be sitting there like I need a burger. And it's because I just made that small 70 calorie decision that probably isn't the healthiest, but it enabled me to go on with my day without thinking about food too much. Absolutely. What I'm really hearing is this has been more of actually a mindset transition than behavioral. And to kind of put it together, the mindset actually has changed your behaviors more than you purposely trying to change your behaviors. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like Again, I work in technology. I work in financial services. When people say mindset, I'm like, relax with the woo-woo BS. But it's not like I think about it like, you're right, Lauren. It is a mindset and it is a behavior thing. But the way that I almost read it is like, the truth is you have to find little ways to reward yourself in a way that's exciting to you. Uh, You're actually making me think of what I thought last night. Like I, when I work out and with what you said, when I work out, it just like makes me want to eat healthy. It like mm-hmm, makes mm-hmm. me want to just like feel my body right. I agree. And then for a whole other subset of women, and I see a lot with my clients, like working out can actually make people feel like, oh my God, well, I get more food. Like I can mm-hmm. spend my budget more. And it goes back to the fact that we can have the same behaviors, but what you do after the fact, because of your mindset, how you grew up, the dieting history, what we do is actually different. So that's why, exactly. yes. TSN is a framework. Yes. I'm literally just teaching this fucking science of nutrition. Correct. (laughs) How y'all implement it is dependent on what's going to work for you. And that's where this work starts with you. I can't save you. A diet can't save you. TSN can't save you. Nothing is going to fucking save you except yourself. But yourself. Yeah. Um, So when you started doing and having this transformation, going back to the basics, figuring out what's going to work for you. Talk to us about what happened with your body and what happened with your composition and your weight and like the fun results stuff. Like that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, the thing is that I was losing it in some ways incredibly fast, but in other ways, what people again would consider slow. There was a week that I would lose half a pound. There was a week that I'd lose a pound and a half. And so for me, people started noticing, but they didn't start noticing until I was probably like, seven or eight pounds down from that largest weight. So again, to like my quote unquote pre-pandemic weight. Honestly, I I think again, I'm going to use the trends, like seeing the trend chart just go down, even with like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, like continuously seeing it go down was huge for me because like you, I am results oriented and I set goals and I set new year's resolution. So for me, that was a big thing. And, And you're totally allowed for anyone out there. And I think especially for us, like Sometimes there is this narrative. I feel like results sometimes will take slower than what you may think it takes. Mm -hmm. And we have a distorted view on like what real results look like, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that results don't matter because ultimately if you're doing something over and over again, and you're not getting those results over a period of time, 
it's mm-hmm. human nature and behavior to not want to continue doing it because you're like, totally. I'm not getting the results. So that means like something would, would be wrong there. But yeah, like you are totally allowed to own the fact that like you want results. Results. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But very, very like objectively speaking, like suddenly like my thinnest jeans started to fit. Like, you know, again, I was looking at a number, but then it was like the jeans that I was wearing a few months before the pandemic were fitting and they were even loose on me. So like I ended up going two sizes down from my largest size. So one size down from my, um, like, I guess, quote unquote, normal size, which like that lower size is now the one that is the norm for me because Ah. it's definitely not a size zero. And that's the other thing I'll say. Like, I also think for me, it is about saying, where do I want to stop? And that's not in a number, but like, for example, at a certain point, like my weight loss has slowed down. Do I still have like rolls on my stomach when I sit down? And would it be nice for me to have like a super toned stomach for sure? But I also realize that if I do want to like really continue changing my body composition, I am going to have to have my protein up significantly higher. I am going to have to weight lift. And that's when I say, is that worth it for me or not? Like I am at that awesome size. So like, why do I need to do that? Such an important point, because when you begin your journey, you dream of this moment when you get to a weight that honestly was so hard for you to achieve a long time Mm -hmm. ago. But I think what you're touching on is like being greedy with progress. Uh It's not about being the lowest. It's not about being the leanest for some people that is success and they're able to get there. Mm-hmm. But for other people, it's this trade-off of what, what amount of your lifestyle and happiness do you want to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I, of course, many women want to achieve a certain physique or sure. a certain goal, and it's possible for anyone, but there is a point where that fit lifestyle would really transition to almost fit obsession for you to be able mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. have that weight or that goal or that aesthetic. So what you're saying is so fucking important. Like mm-hmm. it's not about being the lowest weight and leanest. It's about mm-hmm. what actually you're going to be able to maintain while also still having your freaking social life. And I think it is all about the trade-offs. Um, what comes to my mind too, is like, it's not all or nothing. It's ebb and flow, right? Exactly. There's going to be ebb and flow with our weight. Even after we achieve our end mm-hmm. goal aesthetic, there's going to be an ebb and flow with our food choices. Sometimes you're going to be eating more at home. It's going to be more nourishing and be more mm-hmm. balanced, easier for you. Totally chaotic periods in your life where you're getting a new job, you're moving across the country, you're mm-hmm. welcoming a baby or, you know, anything where your, totally. your diet is going to change and it, or maybe you're celebrating something right for a long period of time. Like you're getting married, like all of these moments, there's ebbs and flows. And so if we can break down this black and white thinking, this all or nothing thinking, go mm-hmm. more ebb and flow, actually be more flexible, being more flexible allows us to have discipline. And that's what I call flexible discipline because mm-hmm. you do need discipline. Discipline is fucking important. Important. It's, it's also really underrated in our culture right now where discipline has been this like bad thing. I feel like with the intuitive and it's not, and it's not like to become your most successful self, you have to be disciplined. Same with your healthiest self. You have to have some level of discipline, but you can't be so disciplined that you forget the flexibility. I do want to be the healthiest version of myself, but to me, happiness means drinking carbonated soda, taking weeks off and having cookies for breakfast. And that's okay. Wait, that's an iconic quote. Like, I'm obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Literally iconic. Oh, my goodness. Um, Any last bits of piece of advice besides the awesome advice you just gave for women who may have recently gained a little bit of weight back after they've attempted to try to go about this in a balanced way? What would you say to them? I would say that 
for better and for worse, nothing is static. So today your weight is higher. Tomorrow it will be lower. But the fact that it's lower tomorrow does not guarantee that it will stay lower. So knowing that nothing is static is both an advantage and also something to be super aware of. Um, You don't have to be where you are today tomorrow. And then the day after is not guaranteed. So I hope that's not too woo woo, but really what it means is like you can change and you will continue to change and expect change to be the only constant. I love that. And honestly, it's so true because going back to the weight fluctuations, your weight isn't static. It's never going to be static. And until you make peace with the damn scale and the fact of what happens in your body every damn day, because we're a living, breathing human being, we are not a doll. Like we're a living, breathing Mm -hmm, thing. mm -hmm. Nothing is static. Right. And it's scary because for someone who wants control and perfection, you can't fucking have control and perfection when it comes to your body. So we we just have to fucking accept it or else it's just going to be an uphill battle for your girlfriend. Zoya, you are the best, iconic. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you. Mm-hmm.